that's what life is about. Most of the times people can't get comfortable with themselves. They need outside stimulation. You know what I mean? Like you were saying, Mike, you know, when you, when you can stay at home and be just as happy without FOMO, oh my God, I'm missing out on so much. You know what I mean? This is the Knocking Doors Down podcast with guest celebrities, experts, and everyday people who've overcome a variety of obstacles, including addiction, trauma, and mental health issues. And they've used these adversities as their greatest advantages to live purposeful lives. And that's what Knocking Doors Down is all about. We thank you guys for listening to Knocking Doors Down, of course, on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcast app, Google Podcast, of course, at kddpodcast.com, because you might be like Mikey and visual and if people go to the website they can check it out on on youtube check it out i'm a visual guy plus if you are a fan of the podcast do us a favor share one of those videos you can get the link there or if you're uh, listening here it's easy to share the podcast with a friend and it helps us grow and we definitely appreciate that derek messer of messer thanks for joining us brother what's going on fellas thanks for having me man yeah well living the dream Dude, prior talking, I, you know, I didn't know this about you. 13 years of sobriety. That's so badass. And uh, we're definitely going to want to get into that. And, and as you said, when we were talking before we started recording that fork in the road, I want to know what that was for you. But uh, the new track, man, Hope in This World, I'm loving it. And uh, people check it out. We got a link in the description. Why, why write a song about hope in this world right now? Man, you know why? Because that's what I feel and we felt the world needs right now more than anything. I mean, the last two years, you know, everyone's lives have changed so much. You know, some people's lives will never go back to the way they were, never, ever have a chance to. A lot of people lost their lives. A lot of people lost their, you know, their businesses. They lost their friends, you know, over the division. And we just saw this was an opportunity where we could either, you know, walk away from the music business, you know, like some bands had did, you know, just left, you know, it's like, you know, there's nowhere to play. There's nothing for me to do anymore. I'm going to go on live. But, you know, we weren't ready to give it, give it up yet. You know what I mean? So we felt the world needed a good positive message that says, that, you know, there is hope out there. Let's all think about positivity and think about things that, you know, will lead us in a positive direction instead of, uh, you know, sitting here wallowing in this uh, depression filled life you know that's where we were all at and um you know it's something we felt we needed and we felt the world needed powerful message right now did did that thought ever kind of cross your mind how some bands have decided you know what there's nowhere else to play there's nothing to do like has that thought crossed your mind in the midst of the pandemic it did i mean it did i mean we all were like you know we had just come off this um i mean god we were probably out for a year and a half easily you know coming home every couple months you know for a week or something and we were just out there pounding it hard and we actually were out with scott stapp for a good 60 something dates right before you know covid hit the whole lockdown happened so we you know in our minds we were coming home off this long tour we're going to take a quick holiday break jump into the studio record another song get right back out there we were talking about heading to europe doing some shows over there and then screeching halt yeah. So, you know, you come to that point in your life, you're like, well, man, what are we going to do? There's nowhere to play anymore. They say we're going to die if we walk outside. So, yeah. you, know, you, you think, well, you know, this is it. You know, we had a great run. It was awesome. But, uh, you know, we hope our music lives on. But I think we're done. And we all thought that for a moment, you know, and, uh, you know, even a couple of our guitar players, both of them, you know, they decided life, they wanted to do other things, you know, so that's kind of where it was. We were like done, you know, we're thinking there's no chance of, 
this getting back to normal anytime soon. But then, um, man, we started getting messages every day from our fans, you know, going, you know, we miss you guys. You, you helped me through this life situation. I, you know, I listen to your songs all day. You know, I'm in this mindset and I listen to your music. It changes the way I think and the way I feel. Um, when are you coming back? And, you know, we were like, man, I don't think we can just walk away from this. You know, it's not necessarily about us anymore as it is, you know, bringing that energy to people where they can get that energy release and they can, uh, you know, have moments of clarity in their life where they feel like, you know, life is worth living for, you know? So that's kind of why we did it. How did you manage your time um, during the pandemic? How did you keep yourself busy? Cause I know for me during the pandemic, I fell off. I fell off my sobriety. Yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of people probably did during that time because there was just so much uncertainty, you know, and, you know, so, but what I did, man, is I took advantage of that moment uh, right before the lockdown happened. Um, and I was on Facebook and I saw a buddy of mine that I've been friends with since like eighth grade, you know, way back. And uh, he had made a knife from watching the TV show Forged in Fire. <laughs> I love and that. And I was show. like, man, I'm coming to be off tour. I'm going to come over. We're going to make a knife. And I'm going to, you know, I'm so excited about it. And, um, so we made a knife. He showed me all the techniques that he had learned. And, you know, we started making knives and I posted it on, you know, on social media and our fans started reaching out going, man, I want a knife. I want a knife. And the next thing I know, man, we have this company that's kicking butt right now. Two headed dog knife works. That's, that's our logo right knife. there. And man, we're making all kinds of killer knives, dude. That's badass. Yeah. So, and you know, my last name Messer translates, it's translates to a knife in German. So it was always in my blood, man. So, uh, you know, Messer, we've always seen ourselves as, you know, cutting edge music that cuts to your soul. So it all just kind of snowballed for it. And now we have a really cool company that's, uh, you know, been blessed with making cool knives for people. We've talked to a Messer. Yeah, <laughs> Leah Messer. A little bit of a different career path than you guys, but yeah, we've spoken to a Messer. Teen mom. <laughs> Teen mom, yeah. Uh, that's funny. Prior to the recording, I had my Markaita Kali shirt, uh, sweatshirt on. My Not daughter and I really? love it. Yeah, and she uh, she wants to learn forging, so I might have to hit you up after this and get some advice. We haven't been able to find anyone around here to to uh, it has the knowledge. So it's Man, uh, sure. We actually got the opportunity to meet uh, Jason Knight from Forged and Fire. Um, he was yeah. the one of the judges on there that wore the kilt. Yeah. And turns, you know, we turned into being actually pretty good friends. He keeps up with my knife company and he loves Messer. So uh, we're thinking about maybe doing a Messer Fest at some point, you know, highlighting the, uh, the people's love of knives and rock and roll because it's the same people. The people who are making knives and the people who are buying knives are usually rock and roll fans. So it's uh, it's two worlds that collide beautifully. So, well, and the cool thing about about it is um, just that growing sense of community. Which, uh, speaking of the lockdown, my fall off that that disconnection that sure. that occurred. So I'm sure for a lot of people reaching out about the music and encouraging you gentlemen to keep doing what you're doing, uh, yeah. really was that community. It was, man. That's what really made us, you know, really rethink the whole thing. And it's like, can we just walk away from all this that we've built, you know, these relationships and this connection with all these really cool fans and people from, a, you know, all walks of life. And uh, we just didn't feel it was our time to walk away yet. So, you know, we pulled ourselves up by our bootstraps and uh, said, you know what, we're going to make some more music. I mean, we cut a couple uh, uh, um, cover songs, you know, the COVID covers, as people call them, you know, that everyone was trying to do during that time. 
you know, because if you put out, you know, an original song, you really want to be able to take it out and tour on it, right. get it in front of as many people as you can. And during that time, there wasn't that opportunity, you know, because there was nowhere to play. And um, so we just did a couple covers, you know, just to kind of uh, feed our fans a little something until mm -hmm. we were able to get back out on the road again. And you threw a lot of that up on the YouTube channel, right? We do. We, yeah, we have our YouTube page up there and uh, you can find us everywhere at, at Messer Band. And um, we did a cover of uh, a name by the Goo Goo Dolls. That was pretty cool. And then since we had just been on tour with Scott Stapp, we had this really cool cover that we did with Arms Wide Open. Right and, uh, I'd encourage everyone to go listen to that because it's, I did not do it the way Scott does. I love the guy <laughs> to death, but I did, I did a little bit different. We did it in a different key. So it's pretty cool. Right on. So during that, uh, your 13 years during the pandemic, when all that hit, did you ever get to a dark place where your sobriety was tested at all? Or did it not really? Because for me personally, it didn't affect me. I'm, I'm an introvert. So staying yeah. indoors was not a problem for me whatsoever. Aside from going outside, you're going to die. So I just stayed inside. Exactly. But um, was that tested with you or anyone, you know, close to you or anything? Well, man, I, um, I think now that I'm at that point, you know, that I've been sober for so long. Right. And, and I can still clearly remember a hangover in my head. If I just close my eyes, I can remember that feeling that you have. Sure. That fogginess. And usually that would just chase away any inkling of a desire for me because I just, uh, I just remember that feeling. And um, you didn't like the hangover shits and dehydration. And I don't know anyone. You know, who I was does. like, oh, they used to be so fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, for me, man, for me quitting, I mean, I was going hard, you know, I just wouldn't, you know, I didn't really have a sober up moment. I just kept drinking, you know, sure, sure. you were awake, you were drinking, you know, and then if you drink, you know, obviously you want to do other things. And, uh, you know, I, I chose my kids and my um, sanity over that. Good for and, you. Uh, you know, I never did AA or anything like that. I, you know, power above and the power of my family and love of friends and it just made me realize that I did not want to be that person. You know, I didn't want to be that guy. So, and it's interesting you said that because uh, Jason, he has his AA meetings and I actually, I, it was virtual. So I was over here while he was doing it and I was just kind of listening to it because I've never been in an AA meeting or anything like that. And I heard it and then he got off and I was like, I couldn't do that. <laughs> I, I don't, I, I couldn't do it. It was just very, um, I don't know the word for it. it. It was great, though. Their camaraderie, how they can all relate. They're all, you know, sure. they've been in each other's shoes. It's great. But I, I sure. just I, that's that wouldn't be something for me either. So I get what you're saying. But yeah, it's I mean, like you, you know, handle a lot of people. I know it. I know a lot of people that, that they need that. They need that. Absolutely. Uh, that responsibility. They are saying they have to answer to somebody else, though. You know, they have to have a sponsor to help them. And uh, sure. And, more power to that, you know, absolutely. Just make sure you're choosing a good sponsor. That's, you know, really, you know, can deal with the everyday life. You know, you don't want to find someone who's barely hanging on too, because, you know, yeah, there's not a certain guideline. You go with what works for you. You know what I mean? Like I went to rehab and all that, but I didn't stop doing Coke after I got out of rehab. No. There was something else completely different that had gotten me off of it. It was my mom. You know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. rehab. I had nothing to do with it. If anything, I wanted to use more after rehab because I was fucking miserable there. Well, yeah. So, and if, you, if you're going to go in there and talk about it with everyone else, oh, what all you what, you know, what were you on? What did you do? What were your yeah. nights like? It's like, to me, that always seemed like that would, you know, make you want to go do drugs. Right. <laughs> right. All these stories is like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. 
Right. <laughs> uh, well, for me and my group, it's more about what's going on now. What are we dealing with now? Especially we'll talk a lot about our defects and things of that. Cause yeah, you know, my, my greater defect of character, you know, stems from, from trauma and looking for other people, especially women to fulfill yeah. me. So, you know, I know that's a lot of us fall into our addiction stuff. Did you have anything in childhood that, that kind of you think took you to that or was it the rock and roll lifestyle and you were just kind of hooked into it? Well, I think that uh, for me, you know, a big part of it too was my dad was battling alcoholism mm -hmm. and um, I kind of trace that back to why he did what he did. Um, he was one of uh, nine brothers. It was, it was, there was nine of them. And um, at that time, and, uh, you know, he l really grew up and was raised by his grandmother. Mm. So he'd hang out with his brothers all the time, do all that during the daytime. But when it's time to go home at night, he'd go home to his grandmother's. That's that's where his you know home was. Mm -hmm. And I think when she passed away is what my family always told me is when he started drinking hard and when he turned to, to alcohol instead, you know, and uh, and it took him when I was young. I lost him when I was probably 12 years old. And I just knew that I did not want that in my life. You know, I, I got to that point where it's like, man, I want to be with my kids. You know, yeah. I want to be there and I want to be there forever, you know, as long as I can be. And I didn't want to be, I didn't want to, my kids to have those moments that I had seeing my dad like that. Well, being that you're not a, a group guy or a 12 step guy, what was your process then for, for finding your sobriety and what helped it stick? You know, um, Really, it was um, it was my kids um, because they basically I was at a really dark spot, you know, where I was drinking nonstop. And, you know, I was probably saying some negative stuff like, you know, I don't want to live anymore type things, you know, because you're out of your mind at that point anyway. So and, and I think my um, ex-wife and um, who I'm still great friends with to this day. She got some family members together and they actually had me put into a place. I don't tell the story a whole lot because that is, you know, brings back a bunch of memories, but they put me in a place here um, called Green Oaks. And I spent a few days in there where they sober you up and give you some tough love. And I think just being in there, hearing the stories from the other people in there, some younger than me, some older than me. And I realized that, you know, I'd rather be a leader and not a follower. And I did not want to be that old person in there you know, having these same issues day after day after day. And so, you know, I just chose, I said, you know what, I'm going to do this. And every day was a struggle. You know, you, you get a couple days in, you're feeling good. You're like, oh, well, I can do this again. I can drink. I'm fine now. And then it became a week and that week turned into a month. And then that month turned into a year. And every day that I, you know, that I was sober, I just felt that I was on the right path for me. And, um, and, you know, I just would think about the way I was and I was like, I just, you know, I'm going to keep trying this as long as I can do it. And then that, you know, those years turned into a decade and now I'm about to hit 13 years. And, um, you know, I just want to help others. I want other people to see, you know, to say, Hey, that guy can do it. I can do it. What are the, what are the struggles you found with, uh, being out there in the rock world? I mean, you know, after a show, fan wants to buy you a drink or there's lots of other stuff flying around. Oh, and always, man. I mean, that stuff's still there. You know what I mean? I, uh, I try to make sure I don't stay in those crowds. You know, I choose the people I'm around wisely. I spend a lot of time on the bus. You know what I mean? I, 
I play, I walk off the bus, you know, usually five minutes before I walk on stage, you know, and I, I get inside, I do my thing, um, go back to the bus. And then I think we usually hit merch after that and meet some fans. But I just always keep myself at a safe distance from that atmosphere. Yeah. You know, I, um, you know, try to meditate when I can. I, you know, I think meditation is one of those things that would really help anybody. Um, but especially those who struggle with addiction, you know, you get those real cool moments of clarity, you know, when you do meditate, even if it's 10 minutes a day of uninterrupted focus and, uh, you know, find you a good meditation to listen to. And it really will help clear your thoughts and, uh, you know, just kind of, uh, if, you know, the main thing I would say is if you're trying, if you're trying to get away from alcohol, do not go to bars for a while. Don't hang out with people, you know, drink every day. Because that's going to make it 10 times harder, a million times harder, not 10 times, you know, a million times harder. Mm -hmm. So what I did for the first year is I avoided all that stuff. You know, I, I mean, I just didn't go out, you know, and I, I know for some people that their lifestyles, you know, that may not work for them. But, you know, you got to come to that fork in the road where you say, hey, I'm going to go this dark path and be miserable every day when I'm sober, or I'm going to find out, you know, why people who don't abuse and use drugs and alcohol, why they're so happy, you know, and you're, you're always going to have moments that you're not happy regardless, you know, and for me, I just always try to stay positive and always keep a, a positive mindset. I don't focus on anything I don't want in my life. And I just try not to listen to gossip or negative attitudes. You know, we all have those friends that anytime you're around them, all they do is talk negative, how bad <laughs> your lives are, man, nothing ever works out, this and that. And if you live around people like that, that mindset gets into your head as well. And you start thinking the same way. So mm -hmm. yeah. I just try to avoid negative people, man. Those energy vampires, right? It they're is, just, man. They're the Collins, yeah. man. That's what they're the Collins out there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you just sit with them, and after like five seconds, you're like, "Shit, uh, uh, you know, yeah. everything is out of you, man. Everything. Is what? I gotta go now. Oh yeah. shit, dude. We'll catch up later, dude. You know what? And 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 that's what you have to do. You know, I, yeah. Some I've even said to people, "Listen, you man, you're too negative. You're you're making me feel in a negative mood, and I came here positive. So I'm gonna leave until you can get your head right." Well, and a lot of it hits the lyrics of uh, Messer tunes. I mean, Save Myself is one for me that, that with a lot of the uh, lyrics in it remind me of setting boundaries, breaking codependency. That's what it's about, man. You know what I mean? Saving yourself. Don't stay in relationship situations that are negative, man. Don't, don't do it to yourself. It's just not worth it. You know, you, people always say, well, that's the person for me. How do you know? Your mind is so into that moment and that person, you don't know what's really for you. You know, you got to sometimes step away to save yourself. You know, you got to get away from those, especially toxic relationships. I always bring it up before that song in our live shows. Mm. And always there's a few people that will come up to me after the show, you know, and thank me for that moment. They're like, that song spoke to me because that's what I'm going through in life right now. And I'm like, it's time. If you can realize you're in that moment, then you can get yourself out of that moment. That's why I decided I'm just going to Clooney it. No, <laughs> that's all you got to do. <laughs> we know a thing or two about toxic relationships. Just, just to go. Just a we all do. You know what yeah. I mean? We've all been in one. So, 
Right. Or we, yeah. And, and the reality we kind of have to accept if we are engaging in a toxic relationship, it's not just one person that's toxic. It's not. You you're, are. Yeah. You're feeding them as much as they're feeding you. So, uh, what kind of other than meditation, is there any sort of daily work for you that you do? Kind of, uh, I know I've started doing um, gratitude lists, I'm working on the meditation. Um, Dude, yeah, the gratitude lists are key. That's the first thing I try to do every morning was when I get up and before you go to bed at night. Super important to be thankful. Recap your day, the moments you were thankful for. Because if you do that, the universe is going to bring more of those moments into you. What you focus on is what you live. So I do that and every morning the same way. You know, when I get up and having my coffee, I'm thankful. I'm thinking about all the things. Is it a beautiful day outside? I'm thankful for this beautiful day. You know, if it's rain, I'm glad we got some rain. We, we probably needed the rain, but you got to be thankful for things in your life that you want. Don't focus on the negative things that you don't want because the universe has a way of bringing those negative things to you. If that's all you're focused on, it thinks you want more negativity. So let's give this guy more negativity. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another song that rings true for me, or at least kind of became a good like mantra tune, get me fired up, was uh, "Simple Man" because it's it's it talks you know like you have the different uh, uh, choruses you know starts with strain, uh, pain, yeah. selfish, apathy. Um, was there like a theme that was thought about this when this song was kind of put out? Because I mean, it's really you know I am just a simple man. I'm better off on my own. But lyrically, overall, in those juxtapositions there, it really kind of deals with some things thematically to be, for me, when I hear it, um, self-contained, happy within yeah. myself. Like, life is going to be fine. I'm good with myself. I got self-love. That's it. That's what, that, I mean, that's what life is about. Most of the times, people can't get comfortable with themselves. They need outside stimulation. You know what I mean? Like you were saying, Mike, you know, when you, when you can stay at home, and be just as happy without FOMO. Oh my God, I'm missing out on so much. You know what I mean? Some moments we're not supposed to experience. You know what I mean? Some oh, things yeah. we're not supposed to experience in our lives. If no, you I love being on those things. You know, <laughs> I'm all for it. You know what I mean? I, yeah, yeah. It's, it's what it's about. Simple man. You know, I, you, you've got to be comfortable with yourself because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you answer to you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's your head you're inside of every day. So, I mean, we all look at that that way sometimes, you know, I'm a simple man. That's all I need. You know, I'm better off alone. And if you push me, I'm going to push back, you know, and it's, it's what it's about, you know, just being comfortable in your own skin and being okay with being alone, if need be better than being in the toxic relationship. Oh yeah. Toxic <laughs> situation. Always. And luckily that toxic relationship ended right before the pandemic. <laughs> Could you imagine being stuck there? <laughs> you I'm can't even you. leave. <laughs> Uh, how, how do you, when, when you're out kind of, you know, people, um, haven't seen it, you know, being around the bands, everybody wants to be your friend. How do you continue to create and have those boundaries and yet still be accessible to people? Well, you know, it takes a lot of, uh, willpower to not, you know, let yourself get, you know, fall into those moments of, Oh man, this is a rock star I'm talking to. They want me to have a drink. Let's go hang out. You know what I mean? Um, I've been fortunate to, you know, build friendships with people like uh, Lee from Pop Evil mm. and people like that, that I can, that I can say, Hey, you know, I am sober and they don't push it on you. You know what I mean? Being out with Scott Stapp, who was also sober at that time too, you know what I mean? Still is, but uh, 
you know, being around people like that, they're not going to push you. People all the time offer me drinks. I mean, every night I'm out, I'm like, and then once I say, hey, you know, I'm actually sober, but I do appreciate it. And I, you know, I'll still want to sit here and talk with you. Um, they're usually pretty cool. You know, they're usually pretty cool about it. I'm sure there's others that would say, come on, you know, and kind of, but for the most part, people are respectful of that and they don't push. They just want your time. They figure, hey, if I buy you a drink, you're going to hang out and talk with me for at least five minutes. You know what I mean? So right. I just offer to talk, you know, I'll say, hey, I can still, we can still talk, but I don't need the alcohol stimulation. Right. What does it mean to you? Because uh, we had Scott Stapp on pretty early in the podcast. He was oh, just, cool. Yeah, he was great. And it was cool to talk to him because I had interviewed him way back when, when he wasn't sober, as opposed to the guy now and two different people and just beautiful. But what yeah, it's, I can imagine, man, I didn't know him in it when his uh, when he was in his toxic days like that. But we did share some stories on the road, you know, which was cool. <laughs> I bet. Uh, what's it like to have those kind of uh, mentors? Well, I don't know if it's mentor, but that camaraderie with someone like that, that too has had the same struggle, but had come through it, gone out and, and do it, still doing kick-ass music. His last yeah. album was great. Yeah. I mean, it, it gives me hope to, sh- to know that that's, that's possible. You know what I mean? This person who's had mega success, you know, and went down that dark path and had all that part of his life, you know, on YouTube, you know, stuff that I'm sure he would love to take off, you know, thank God a lot of my crazy stuff happened before YouTube, you know, <laughs> Jeez, I could tell you crazy stories with Alice in Chains and everyone else, but, um, <laughs> well, but, we were uh, going to ask, so you could. Yeah. Yeah. No, we've, I, oh dude, I had, I went through all those crazy times back in my old band. I got to, my old band had gotten this record deal with, uh, Columbia records who they had just, Nick Terzo had just signed Alice in Chains right before us. So, we were hanging out all the time, you know, here in Texas and, and in Hollywood and, you know, doing, you know, Coke and tons and tons of drinking with those guys. You know what I mean? Those were the rock and roll days. You know, that was, you know, and partying with Benny Paul and Dimebag, you know, sure. you know, those moments. Um, and to make it out of those days, you know, because I've lost a lot of friends from back in those days. Um to alcohol and drugs, you know what I mean? And uh, I was good friends with Dave from Drowning Pool before he passed, you know what I mean? I've known him forever. And um, that was, you know, moments like that are just so sad to see, you know, people that you not only admired, you know, but uh, were friends with, you know, go from this lifestyle, you know, so. I mean, I remember when we, when uh, Mike Starr, Allison Chains, when he passed and it was just, there was, you know that guy and and unfortunately unfortunately i don't know it depends upon what impact it has you know it was televised essentially when he was doing the reality tv yeah for sure and same with lane you know losing lane was not only uh i mean that was a huge loss for the rock and roll you know that's you know those guys i'd love to see what you know what he and chris cornell and chester and all those guys would be doing today you know we talked to jamie chester's son um, you know, he was on here and, you know, I, yeah, I couldn't imagine. Um, yeah, if there was a thing and I guess that's a part of it. Sometimes we, we lose people in it and because of this disease of addiction and, and their yeah. mental health struggles, because, you know, I I've yet to speak with very few people that, uh, fall into addiction that don't have some sort of trauma, mental health struggle of some kind. It is. And it usually stems from that, you know, and it's not, it's mainly because that, issue was never dealt with you know maybe they didn't have the tools how to deal with it 
Maybe they didn't have the right person to talk to about it. Maybe they were just too embarrassed to talk about it. So they thought this is normal. This is just how I am, you know, and that's just not always the case. You know, sometimes it's a simple interaction with someone who's been through it that can actually help you and steer you in the right direction. You know, instead of you thinking every day, this is what life is. This is, I'm supposed to be depressed every day. I'm supposed to chase it away with alcohol. You know, I'm supposed to do these things because that's the way life is. And, you know, unfortunately you miss out on a lot of great moments because uh, you get that mindset. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think more so, I don't know your opinion for men, or at least I think you and I are roughly about the same age. I'm pretty sure you're a few years you're, younger. You're 29 too? Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, no, I'm 33. I think you're about four years younger. Uh, but uh, we kind of came from a generation where, you know, our dads and men in general is just kind of like whatever it was, you put dirt on it. You know, we didn't talk about this shit. Exactly, man. It was, we were definitely groomed from a young age to be that way, you know, and it's, it's crazy to see how things have changed so much and how, you know, the younger generation are these days, especially the men, you know, and the guys and how different they are from the fathers we grew up with and the grandfathers we knew and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's day and night really, but yeah, we were, I mean, that's what they tell you, you know, look at Al Bundy, you know what I mean? From <laughs> look how the character he had to play, you know, you, you got beat down all day at your job. You get beat down by your wife and kids all day. And uh, that's just life, you know, right. you know, glory days and, you know, I call complete bullshit for owning that big of a house for just being a shoe salesman right. <laughs> with children. But right. with that being said, it's uh, it's funny. You guys mentioned that because I'm 33 and I also came from a throw dirt on it kind of thing. Yeah. But so, or, except for my mom, my mom was very understanding. She's, anxiety filled so was my grandma her mom so she understood what i was going through my dad did not and that's fine and i'm glad he didn't understand it because i wouldn't wish anxiety on anybody no. but with that being said my sister um she has two boys and a uh daughter my niece and they're so just you know, the kids do something bad or whatever. And then in my head, I'm thinking, damn, that's a smack in the head, possible bleeding out of the ears if I were to act like that. But my sister's <laughs> yeah. like, no, what I want to do is I want to talk to them. I want to get in their heads as to why they're acting the way they are. I'm like, smack them in the <laughs> right fucking head because they'll never do it again because they'll realize that smack hurt. I don't want to get smacked again. <laughs> but Right there is a big problem these days, I feel anyway, is that, that you know, we lost a lot of that, you know. Everybody's so terrified of, you know, oh my God, he disciplined someone or they disciplined them, you know. We're all in this uh, woe is me world these days and it's it's sad really because, you know, it's yeah. going to it's going to change the way people are for a long time. I think it really screws with self-esteem in that. Um, I know like my generate, you might get hit, but not ex explain to why. Right. I think, you know, if there's a, Hey, you've gotten a consequence, you've gotten a put punishment for your actions. Yeah. And here is why here's what you did. And here it's why yeah. I think people, you know, kids, they're absorbing everything. You're a dad. You got, you got two, right? Uh, I've got four. Four? Oh, oh I thought I you know. had two. Okay. Well, I got two daughters, son, and, you know, like. I got three daughters and a son. Oh. And my son is like me. You know, he's 21, and he's a, I mean, he's a go-getter, young, good-looking kid. So I'm trying to steer him in the right direction all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, don't take advantage of life, man. Just, you know, right. be good to people. Be good to people.
And it's a tough thing. You know, I, I know for me, like a lot of the ego feel is like, oh man, I get this chick to hang out with me or that. And in retrospect, you know, it's that snorting of people and it's so yeah. shitty, you know? Yeah. So, and I know I hate when it's done to me. Uh, why do you th- think God uh, either punished or blessed you three dot dude, three daughters. That's tough. I got one. That is I know, cool. man, you know, and it's uh, I kept thinking, well, you know, it's probably the way I was. Maybe I was too much of a womanizer growing up and now I'm going to have to pay for it. You know? All right. <laughs> but I've been blessed. My daughters are awesome. Man. So I, you know, it's uh, they don't give me any reason to stress really. They're, they're good kids. So I'm That's very cool. lucky. That, yeah, that is cool. That is cool. Uh, if you don't mind asking, you did mention you're still very good friends with, with your ex-wife. Was there a lot of work that you two had to do between you to get a good place? Because I think it's valuable as a divorcee and other people that go oh, through that. Yeah. 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 It's, it always blows people's minds when they see us and they meet us and they're like, wait a minute, you're friends. It's like, yeah, we, we all, we hang out. I love her husband. I, I mean, I, yeah, they're good friends of mine. I've known her for so long, you know, since she was so young and, you know, it's like, we can't let our personal, you know, emotions get in the way of us being parents to three children. You know what I mean? This is something we're going to live with the rest of our lives. So she and I just got to a point where we're like, you know what? We're still friends. We're, we're good friends. You know, we're not in love, but we're still good friends. So, um, and we wanted to be the best parents that we could. So, you know, it takes a lot of personal uh, pride. You got to take your pride and just check it at the door. You know, you got to say, you know what? I was wrong a lot, you know, and you were wrong a lot. But doesn't mean if we take that relationship part out of it, the love relationship, husband and wife, then we become friends and good parents together. Yeah. Well, and that comes with really healthy boundaries, too. Really, it does. You know, that's exactly it. And, um, you know, I respect her. She was started off as a nurse and now she's uh, worked her way up to a CNO and she runs many hospitals and um, tries to give back all the time. So she's a great role model to the kids as well. So it's easier, you know, when you're looking up to someone like that, instead of looking down on somebody. Um, I think that's the, one of the most important things with getting over a relationship and moving on is to think about the good in them versus focusing on the things that you think are bad because sometimes the things you might think are bad aren't really that bad they're in your head mm-hmm. right yeah <laughs> well, a lot of us like to tell ourselves a lot of bullshit stories all but. the time we do of course man you gotta always make yourself out to be the good guy and it's like but 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 really in the end when you really think about it later in life you go you know what i probably was really wrong there so sure well, uh, thank you for sharing that because it's so important for people. I see it too much where they just whatever reason a relationship breaks apart. I mean, uh, you know, addicts that, that use together or one person's an addict, you pretty much have a hundred percent guaranteed that it is a dysfunctional relationship. For but sure. It, but yeah. You rarely see care. those relationships last. If, you, if you're going out every night and drinking with that other person, and I've watched this happen to many and many of my friends. You know what I mean? It's like, that's not going to last. You know, you're going to, you're going to start butting heads because you're, you're sobering it up at different times. You know what I mean? You're always in that mindset, um, letting the alcohol make decisions that eventually that's not going to work. It's going to fail. Like you said, you focus on the kids, focus on being, you know, good and there for them. And I, I think a lot more kids. Most are- important. 
their children of, of divorced parents would be better off. You know, sometimes relationships go bad. Doesn't mean that they're a failure. So everybody's like, oh, this relationship didn't work out. It doesn't mean yeah. you failed in it. Just some relationships no. go different ways. Yeah. Sometimes it's not your soulmate. You know what I mean? And it's just never going to work no matter how much you want it to. You know, you're either going to have to sacrifice all this stuff about yourself that you don't want to sacrifice in order to make it work. And most likely it won't work out at that point anyway, because they're going to be a taker and not a giver. So if it's not a give and take relationship both ways, it'll never work anyway. Uh, well, Mikey, you got any more questions for Derek before we jump into those fun, random questions? No, let's get into it. All right. You're up first. All right. If they were to make a movie about you, who would you cast to play yourself? Dude, this is a no brainer. Johnny Knoxville. Come on. <laughs> oh, yeah, I could see, can that. see that. Listen, I've used that. I've used that before. Um, it's funny when I was younger, too, because we both had the black hair. And then when I just let mine go, he let his go. So it's like, it's always noticed that so, until you said it, once you said it, I'm like, Oh yeah, you're right. It is. Dude, an my, you know, I took one of my, remember my son was younger too. You know, kids would come up to us at the mall. Are you Johnny Knoxville? And my son used to get a big kick out of it. And then we went to the NAM convention out in, uh, out in, uh, Anaheim mm-hmm. a couple times, a couple different years. And I, we rolled up in at one time we rolled up in a big old like van, a work van. And I jumped up there, had red glasses on and said, Hey, I'm Johnny Knoxville. Where do I park for this NAM thing? And do they <laughs> VIP parking every day, two, two days in a row, the third day they caught me, but two days in a row, we got VIP parking 20 feet from the door. Otherwise it would have been two to three miles away. So uh, thank uh, you, Johnny. Nice. That is awesome. Uh, let's talk about influences. Um, so let's jump back. What were maybe like uh, three bands that when you were younger that w- made you really curious about music and, and wanting to get into rock? Man, I tell you, I had older siblings growing up. So um, I was exposed to stuff a little bit above my generation. But man, I, for me, when I first started, I was into like Peter Frampton. Um, I was into Kiss. I was into uh, Alabama, the country band. Oh, yeah. And, and the, the Beatles. You know, bands that had cool harmonies, you know what I mean? The harmonies, the Beach Boys, you know I mean? When they had those cool harmonies, I was like, oh, my God, that's so cool how they can do this with their voices. And then um, as I got a little bit older, I discovered The Doors. And, man, Jim Morrison, you know, that's really – he drove me a lot, you know. I really loved that whole Doors sound, that whole never knowing what Jim was going to do or say, Mm -hmm. you know, raise – playing i mean just everything about the doors really moved me hell yeah funny story real quick uh so my first concert i don't remember what order it was in but we went to the mid-state fair here in california and we saw alabama the beach boys and lionel richie all in like a span of three days so what a lineup Right. So I got two of that and I'm with you. Alabama's badass. One of my all time favorite country acts for sure. Yeah, man, for sure. For sure. Top three favorite movies. Top three, three favorite movies. When there's a movie called Trees Lounge. I don't know if you guys know Steve Buscemi, but he was he wrote, directed and starred in that movie. Huh. So um, I would definitely say if you haven't found Trees Lounge yet, definitely look that one up. Um, Man, you know, I got to throw in like a Scarface. That was always, you know, and uh, Star Wars, man. You know, the, actually, I'd say the whole trilogy of Star Wars. And my son's really big into Star Wars now. And um, so I think that one is, uh, you know, the old school Star Wars movies. 
I'm with you. I Jason loves hearing that. I, I haven't grown up. My my girlfriend thinking that she's understanding. I got two bookshelves full of Star Wars Legos. That's yeah. Cool. I mean, I tried, man. I tried to like it. I couldn't get into it. I tried. Mm-hmm. And it's I, you know, not hating against people who are into it. It's just wasn't my thing. I wanted to, but I just didn't. <laughs> I tried. I tried. I, I really did. I tried. I saw the one with the uh, uh, Darth Maul. <laughs> okay. That one. <laughs> Hey, now the new stuff they're doing, they're bringing Darth Maul back, and that's going to be pretty insane. Oh, yeah. That stuff on Disney's doing it, so hopefully they won't screw it up or anything. But uh, it looks pretty intense for what I've seen so far. So I know. I've enjoyed The Mandalorian and uh, Book of Boba Fett, so I'm I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. Uh, Messer's hitting the road. You guys are headlining. Got two other bands you're taking with you. Who are you taking out there with you? Man, man. uh... Let me think of bands that are still together right now. You know what I mean? Still doing this. I mean, I would love to do some shows with, um, dude, I mean, they'd probably be bigger than us. Well, they would definitely be bigger than us, but dude, Allison chains, I still want to go back out and do some stuff with Jerry. That would be freaking so cool. Oh yeah. Um, man, we always had fun with uh, non-point. Those guys are high energy and always fun. Um, I mean, I would do those guys. I mean, for sure, Pop Evil again, you know, Pop Evil. We always have fun when we tour with those guys, too. <clears throat> we love those high energy shows, man, where they're, you know, the crowd just gets crazy. Yeah. Give us a rock show, damn it. That's that's it, man. You know, let's get sweaty in the front. Let's all freaking headbang and have a good time. Yeah. I don't want to sit. I don't want something that inspires me to sit down. No. Uh, I, I can't do those shows. No, no. We need bright lights and explosions and. Yeah. All that stuff that we in- include in a Mester show. Hell yeah. Mikey, you got one more? I do. If you could have dinner with anybody living or dead, anybody in the entire world, who would it be? It would be my dad just because, um, you know, like I said, I lost him at such a young age mm-hmm. that I'd really like to go back and, uh, you know, see what his life was like before he passed. Uh, Derek, if people want to know more about the band, of course, the latest track, Hope in This World, you guys can check it out. It's on every streaming platform, bookmark it, save it, add it to a playlist. Great tune. I recommend all the Messer tunes. Got a whole playlist just for Messer myself. Yeah. Um, if people can check you guys out, uh, how do they find you? Man, the best way is our Messer app available in your Google Play or your Apple Store. We have a, a brand new app. It's bright yellow and has our M logo. Um, that's the best place to find exclusive content. We're going to post stuff on there that we won't post on our social media. So that's a great place to go. Messerband.com is always good, but social media, man, you know, just hit us up. Facebook, um, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all the, all the places. Well, Derek, uh, we like to have the guests leave us, leave us with the final thought. So anyone that's just out there struggling, maybe it's like us to struggle with uh, substance abuse, addiction, or a mental health issue that you can, you can lend. Yeah, you know what? Don't give up. Stay positive. You know, think of positive stuff. I always say change the station. If you find your mind wandering and wandering, getting deeper into this dark place, change the station. If you're listening to music, change the radio station. Literally. And it'll snap you out of that moment and give you a little bit more um, something else to think about. But try to always focus on the positive, leave the negative behind you, and it'll never, never, never serve you. Hey, Uncle Mike, you got anything else? No, I'm going home. On that note, keep knocking doors down. 
This podcast contains the views and opinions of the knocking doors down hosts and their guests to the show. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each person is sharing their unique perspective, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast and website are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of errors. Privacy is of the utmost importance to us. For those wishing anonymity, people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect confidentiality at the request of certain guests. This website or podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website. In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with our content establish a doctor-patient relationship. If you find any errors in any of the content of this podcast or blogs, please send a message through the contact page. This podcast is owned by KDD Media Company.